This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. And I'm Mina, and we're from Tangata Tumutu Trust. And you're listening to Pallyhood! <laughs> <laughs> Talo falava malo leni sabula vanaka kiorana talo hini koni chiwa ni ha ma one Pacific greetings and a massive kiora to each and every one of you, whatever corner of this globe you're tuning in from. I'd like to welcome you to the Polyhood Show ninety six point nine Plains FM. You're here with Sam here to take you into the weekend. Now the brother Joseph is currently not here because he is away on some family business, but I still have uh, managed to scrape together a awesome show for you guys this afternoon. Uh, the interview is quite long, so uh, we're going to get straight into it. Uh, I will be talking to the brother Sione Tonga, based up in Auckland. He is a teacher intermediate level, and we'll be talking to him about his uh, journey and his story uh, behind uh, teaching. So please join us after this. Is someone in your family suffering from diabetes, heart disease, or respiratory illness? Contact our nurses at Tangata Atomotu Trust and we will arrange for in-home support. Call us on 0800 Bus Speaker, that's 0800 727 434, or contact us through our website tat.org.nz, that's tat.org.nz. And we are back, as promised, with the brother None Tonga um, here to chat to us about uh, being a Pacifica teacher uh, based in Auckland. Uh, None, how are you doing, my brother? I'm doing good. Thank you, uh, Sam. Good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Um, I caught None uh, off guard here. He uh, <laughs> um, This morning, I said, hey, do you want to jump on the show? And he was like, hey, yeah. Um, just leave me know in a couple of weeks, and I was like, "Nah, like now, like <laughs> now, <laughs> like right now, <laughs> like right now." So, um, yeah. But before uh, we dive into things, Noni, I usually uh, ask our uh, interviewees a couple of questions just so that our chat can get to know them a bit better. So, um, awesome, first question I have for you, brother, is what is your favorite food? My favorite food, man. I'll be honest, it's anything that my mom cooks. Eh? I'm not even gonna oh, lie, man. No. Uh, I'm not. I'm, uh, it's going to sound pretty controversial. I'll put it out there. But uh, my mom's the best cook. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, you know, it was like, nah, my mom's the best cook. But yeah, I'll say anything my mom cooks, man. Um, there's nothing like home food, man. Honestly. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think um, the best, that'd be a mean game show. Just um, whose mom's the best the, cook. The best cook. Oh, 100%, bro. Imagine all the island mums here, like, that's, this is my recipe. And, and you might get to learn a thing or two about how other people prepare their, you know, because, like, just, like, even, like, a basic dish, like, um, like, chop suey or, like, otaika, it's actually done, like, there's a lot of, like, different ways that people have little tricks and, you know, just to add a different, like, 
the mention of flavor, I guess, you know. So mm. I know my mom puts an extra stuff that I, I don't taste in other people's otaika. So yeah, man, yeah. Oh, bro, 100% agree. <laughs> Is there a specific dish that your mom makes though? Um, I would say my... Hard question, man. That's too many to pick from. I, I know my mom bakes a lot, so she makes this really nice, um, like custard pineapple pie. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> and I'd say that's one of my favorites, and yeah, I definitely. Like, she hasn't made it in a while, so I might have to ask her to make it after <laughs> this. <laughs> pineapple pies are good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Second question, though, for you is what is your f- oh, what was the last movie you cried to? The last movie I cried to. Uh, it's coming to me. Oh, it was Demon Slayer. <laughs> I didn't cry, cry, but when Rengoku died, <laughs> shucks. Yeah, that was pretty tough. That and yeah. Avengers Endgame. I feel yes. like those were like when, yeah, when Iron Man died, like that was pretty emotional. I don't know why, but I think it's just because you like, you've watched all the, like you've watched the build up mm. to it. And, I, yeah, I, I haven't even character. seen Avengers, bro. Thank you. Um, no, what? I, think so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro. If you haven't seen yeah. Avengers, that's your own fault. Yeah, man. <laughs> right. that, that's such a good movie, man. Like, I, I, yeah, it's such a good movie. Uh, um, and final question for you, Dougal, is if you were to have uh, dinner with any famous person, who would you like to have dinner with? Oh, that's tough. That is tough, tough. Honestly, man, like, you think he's a famous people? But I remember reading something. Um, I was cleaning out some old photos and stuff, and I remember mm. stumbling across my my grandpa's. Um, it's kind of like little stories he wrote before he passed away, and there mm. was a story in there about his. So my great grandfather. So yeah, I would actually really like to talk to like someone like like my great grandfather or my great great grandfather. Like it'll be interesting to hear like to talk to like people that that came before you. That's part of your lineage and your thing. Yeah. You know, like I can think of you some famous people, but yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty curious about like. Like, you know, like where my family, like, you know, just to uh, understand more about where my family comes from. Because, mm. uh, yeah, man, like, that, yeah, I just thought of the answer now because I was thinking my first answer, I was like, The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, The yeah. Rock, bro. I don't know how to do The Rock, but they're thinking deeper about it. But yeah. that's my surface level answer. My deeper level answer would be, yeah, somewhere, someone like that, that uh, my, one of my great great grandparents mm. would be pretty cool. Yeah. That's solid. I think you're the second person. Um, that has answered uh, someone from their family. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've run the show for about two, almost two years now, I think. Oh, well. time <laughs> for, yeah. And you're the, you're only the second person to to name someone from their own family. But yeah. so that's pretty deeper. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, as I mentioned earlier, we've brought Nonne onto the show because he is in a uh, different realm. He is a teacher based up in Auckland. Uh, the 09, so shout out to everyone up there who has just come out of level four. Uh, what was it like for you in level four, Noni? Um, it was, yeah, all stuff, man. Like, you know, it, it kind of hurt us mm. out of left field. Like, you didn't really expect it to happen. But I guess, um, you know, I, I yeah, I, I've, I found different ways to manage my time. And, and keep, I think spending time at home was, was really useful. Spending more time with family, cooking a lot more at home. So, um, yeah, I, I think having like good people in your bubble and people you want to be around with made it a lot easier. So yeah, my family were awesome during lockdown. Keeps of tongue and cooking and drinking cover. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how 
how was it for you to transition from teaching in the classroom to teaching uh, virtually through Zoom? Mm. Honestly, man, like from, I think there's, it presents so many challenges, um, teaching face-to-face and then teaching on, on virtually. And sort of like, where do I start? Well, one of the challenges I'll start with is like, um, it sounds like not even like a challenge, but like having kids turn on their camera and turn on their microphone. Um, if you know, like if you're from a big island family, um, there's a lot happening in your household, right? So you're on the laptop and, you know, you might come from a big family and there's heaps of people walking around. And I think like when you're teaching and you're, and you're in the same room with someone, it's easier to gauge uh, interest and body language and emotion. Uh, when you're trying to teach and all you can see is profile pictures. Uh, yeah, man, it's <laughs> actually pretty tough. Eh? It's like you don't, under, you don't get a feel, a real time. You don't get real time feedback if the if the if the learning is like hitting where you want it to be or it's meeting the target. And so it's hard to gauge the level of understanding through a computer screen, you know? So that's probably been one of the biggest challenges. I know I've talked to some other teachers that have experienced that as well. We are like, can we turn on our camera? Um, And I guess from the child's perspective, like if there's a lot happening at home, like you don't want to, be embarrassed like it might be embarrassing for you to have a lot of things happening around you at once mm. or they don't want to show what the house is like uh, that kind of stuff so yeah just the whole aspect of teaching through a screen and not having human connection that to me is probably one of the biggest challenges out of all the challenges I could probably think of um, but there's others but yeah I, I'd say that that part of it you're not being in the same room with them yeah what uh I sort of I should have asked this first on what uh, level do you teach at I teach uh, year seven and year eight, so I have a year seven homeroom teach. Um, I see year seven homeroom, yeah. but then I also teach year eights when I teach um, like my subject that I teach yeah. at school. Yeah. What subject do you teach? Uh, interesting. So, <laughs> I teach <laughs> a subject that um, I think our, our school is probably the only school that teaches it. Yeah. Uh, really interesting. It's called uh, emotional resilience, and basically, it's it's a it's a, it's a learning area or a subject that basically looks at um, teaching sort of like different skills for our, our kids to manage um, like stress, anxiety, and just build like general resilience and having a, a better understanding of their own emotions and how that affects their learning and stuff. So it's actually quite a new, it's quite a new uh, subject that our schools kind of taken on board. And it's just giving our skills, like uh, giving our kids the skills to have resilience because I know a lot of them uh, face issues in their life that are quite challenging and tough. And so uh, our school thought it would be quite a good idea to actually equip them with the, the skill set that they need to take on those challenges, whatever those challenges might be outside of the classroom, because that s- tends to seep back into the, the learning environment. So if you've got some tough things happening at home, uh, you know, we, you kind of bring those things back into the class and sort of giving our kids, I guess, tools, basically, you know, tools that we probably don't really get taught till we leave school. I guess like how to manage stress or to understand emotion and what are you what emotions are you feeling and stuff. So yeah, it's it's quite a new area. Um and yeah, it's a pretty exciting one. And so I get to work with kids around not really um it's kind of unpacking things and sort of in context in terms of how like because a lot of kids will, will come up to you and be like, Oh, I'm feeling a certain type of emotion. Well then what do they do after that? Maybe they might be feeling stressed, but what do they do to cope with their stress? Uh, which is interesting for 11 and 12 year olds to feel stress. <laughs> yeah, but yes, yeah, yeah. It's real interesting. Uh, you see, that's intermediate level, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking with the change in times and, you know, the advancements of technology and stuff, that a lot of, uh, I think there should be more um, invested into your line of work, you know, into, into mm-hmm. your subject that you teach because uh, the kids these days do go through um, a whole lot and um, you can't compare it to what we went through at their age because mm-hmm. what we went through, we were, you know, facing our own challenges, but yep. um, it was totally different. You know, we didn't have to, mm. you know, um, sort of feel like we needed to keep up with the Jones or keep up with the guy next yeah, door yeah. or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, have to or worry the about... the kid in the next classroom. Mm. Yeah, have oh, to they worry got about, the cool kicks and the... Oh my gosh, how many followers? Oh, you only have 100. Yep. Oh, you're a mm-hmm. loser. You know, yep. oh, people don't like me. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting that you should mention that um, your school has... Um, yeah. introduce what seems to be like the one of the only classes that teaches that um yeah. their subject uh in new zealand what's one uh what's one uh sort of advice that um sort of keeps coming up for you um to offer oh, kids that are having you know that are going through those sorts of things or yeah yeah I think the biggest thing, man, like uh, it sounds like a simple fix I think the biggest thing is to disconnect man like to get off your devices. It's it's actually to to separate yourself from from that that realm of of social media, um, because it becomes all consuming. It becomes something that they they check into a lot, and you know, like when you're constantly, uh, if you start to build negative thoughts or whatever it is, um, it's further reinforced when you go back online. Like you know, because it's the self comparison. It's the I have they have that and I don't have it whatever they may be, followers, material things, whatever. I think the biggest advice that I usually give to kids is actually disconnect from it. Like, get away from it. Like, you need to distance yourself from it and actually live in the now. Like, you know, and and whatever your situation is, there's always things to be grateful. So my biggest advice is real simple, man, is actually disconnect or give yourself um, boundaries around how much time you spend on social media or who you follow. Because if you're viewing something, all the time, whatever you view on Instagram, you know, the algorithm, it spits it back out. Like if you're looking into things, whatever it might be, like TikTok, whatever, or follow it, like you, you're going to constantly be stuck in that cycle. So my biggest advice for kids is like, disconnect, man. You're 11, 12 years old. You shouldn't be spending like five, six hours a day on your phone. Like, <laughs> surely there's a lot of other things that you could be doing. Like whatever that might be, whether it's playing sports, cooking, uh, youth group, mm. like other activities that you even just playing out with outside, obviously it's during COVID, but like before COVID, like spend time with quality, like spend quality time with people. And I think it's, I think it's all well and, and good seeing it to 11, 12 year old bro, but it stems probably from a deeper level in terms of everybody needs to actually come from higher up, like with parents and parents being aware of how those kids, how their kids are feeling, that they're not feeling that great. There's not a lot of self-esteem, whatever they might be. And removing the kid from that. Cause you know, like, having your device on you all the time even for adults adults can kind of relate to this too you know the self-comparison and stuff and, and you know so i'd say disconnect man you've got to disconnect you've got to distance yourself or give yourself boundaries mm. one hour i only follow certain people you know like it can't be that you're following every famous person in the world who's a you know who's only five years older than you has 2.1 mm. million followers on tiktok like it's just like you know it's yeah. just not healthy man yeah is there um because I know the way you explain it is sort of like going cold turkey. Is there sort of steps someone can take to help them to disconnect? Or like, do you yep. see, do you have like a oh, plan yeah. set in place for the kids? You know, 
Uh, I think the, the the biggest thing is when we, usually before we get to that, what happens before it's the it's the discussion around social media, right? So it's a discussion around social media, understanding like how they view social media, like why are they on social media? Is it to connect with friends? Is it to to stay in in the know of what trends are happening? So I think having that discussion before, like and understanding like actually why do I use social media? Because that's an important question um, to ask. Because if you're on there for to feel good or to to look for things or I don't know uh, whatever they might be um but yeah I, I would say it's understanding the purpose of why you use something if you can understand that then I think it's a lot easier to make the transition because if someone for a child to actually go oh actually I just go on there because I might feel lonely or I don't have your friends well instead of well then you can actually kind of address that through helping that child make better connections in the classroom so you can address some of those issues by having the talk around why do we use social media? Is it, you know, is it all negative? Is it all positive? Actually, like kind of peeling back the layers of social media. When kids get a better understanding of that, they can make better. I think their decisions are a bit more clearer as to why they'll, if they need to spend more time off social media, they can mm. actually uh, articulate and they understand why. Like instead of, like you said, I probably should have gave some context around going cold turkey. But if you understand the reason, usually most kids are good at when they when they figure out why they use social media and how it's affecting them. They're actually more receptive to understanding, oh, actually, I do need to spend a bit more time with my family and not spend so much time on my phone. And when they experience that and you check back in with them, they usually, you know, like, oh, actually, yeah, actually, I find that I'm a lot more at ease or I'm not having such negative thoughts because I'm spending quality time with people that, that I enjoy being around. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, how long have you been uh, teaching in this subject for? Man, this uh, this is the first year. Last, so all my previous years, I taught PE and health. Oh, really? Uh, and then um, there were no males in the role in the in the space that I'm teaching. Mm. So I think, and I wanted to take on the challenge of actually, like, let me. I wanted to challenge myself as a teacher um, to go into this role and actually un- understand, actually get a real time understanding of actually what our kids are experiencing, um, because there's some pretty deep topics we talk about, but it's it's. It's more just getting, yeah, so I, I do pee in health and then I transition into that. So in my first year doing it. Uh, but we do something similar with our kids. Like we do what's called lalanga, which is basically uh, it's, it's deepening connections between the students and the teacher, or we call it trusted adult. So half an hour on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday, we spend time with our kids, not teaching, but actually getting to know who the kids are outside of the classroom. Like what do they actually enjoy? What are things that are happening in their life? Like current, event, current events, things that are important to them. So this was like our our emotional resilience was like an extension of that. It's just basically we're connecting with the kids and just getting to know more about them and and, and yeah. So that's basically how it came about. That's really cool uh, that you guys uh, do that outside of the um, what should I say the the normal teaching ways. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, definitely something I reckon would have been useful uh, for even mm-hmm. us growing up. You know. Yeah. being able to connect to our uh, teachers. Yeah, definitely, anyway. man. I, yeah. What, uh, nice, what? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, what initially got you into teaching, bro? Uh, so I I was, uh, I finished my degree in, in sports and uh, exercise sports science. I was doing like stuff in like the health and fitness field. Uh, and then I saw, and then I, I somehow ended up working at a recycling plant. And then I, from there, I was like, oh, this is kind of, um, that the hours weren't that great. Um, and then I saw an ad for to work at a at a local school just in Mangare. 
as a teacher aide for year one to four. So I said, oh, man, this kind of seems like good hours and stuff. Oh, I'm pretty interested in helping out. I thought it was a good way to get back to my community. So I, I jumped in and um, I started, I was a teacher aide there for new entrants to year four. And then basically from that, man, I actually grew up, uh, thanks to a few teachers there, like I grew a passion for like working with kids, like younger kids. And then I, yeah, I just said, well, actually, let me see if I'll actually be a decent teacher. So I enrolled at Auckland University, did a graduate diploma and here I am, four years later, teaching. It's my fourth, I think my, yeah, my fourth year of teaching, I kind of forget. One, two, three, four, yeah, it's my fourth year, yeah. It's so awesome. Uh, how many, uh, when you're going through doing your diploma, how many of the, uh, how many of you were actually of um, Pacifica ethnicity? Uh, it was a small group. I, I, I know it was a tiny group. Off the top of my head, there were maybe, there were definitely less than 10 of us. In a cohort of maybe 120, 130 uh, students. So it's a small minority. Um, and I think after that, how many Māori students do we have? We probably had roughly about the same or just a bit more, about 10 to 15. So it's a small population, man. There mm. was a small group of us. Um, I was really shocked, man. My first day I walked in and I struggled to find another brown face. And next day I was yeah. just like, oh, yeah, I was like, oh. Because I, I, I did my under, I, I went to MIT, which is based on Otara. So my degree, like I did it like in South Auckland. So, you know, and then to go to Auckland Uni, it was a shock, man. Like uh, uh, that's probably one of the first, only times I've ever been shocked walking into a class and we being one of the only brown guys in there. It was uh, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Was it, was it, did you find it hard because of that or? To be honest, I'm, I'm the type of person that if I don't know the answer, man, I, I'm, I'm going to find it. I, I, mm. I reached out for help. So yeah. I want to say I found it hard uh, I guess, oh, what, what things did I find hard about it? Um, a lot of theory, eh? Like, I didn't know teaching. There's a lot of theory <laughs> behind teaching. Yeah. Man, there were some classes in there. I was just like, I felt like I was, you know, drowning. But it was just mm. a lot of information. So, yeah, other than that, I, I don't think they were, I didn't really find it being, I mean, there's a level of, like, you're kind of like, you know, it's, it's interesting because you're sitting there, and like Pacifica Islander issues get talked about all the time and Maori issues. And it's interesting when you sit in a room and like you're a brown person and to hear other people's opinions about issues that relate to, to your people. So that was interesting. That was really interesting to hear mm. it and how different people's perspectives and and it's really interesting. Like I didn't really, mm. I just sat back and just kind of absorbed like uh, kind of what the, the discussion that was happening in, the, mm. in, those, in those lectures. So that was interesting, yeah. What's uh what's like a piece of advice you give to someone that wants to get into uh the you know, the realm of teaching that you are in there? Mm. I think the biggest thing is actually um be a teacher aide. Like don't like it's good to experience it first. Like go to your local school, ask if you can. Like say you're interested in studying. I think you need to be in a classroom to get a feel for what it's like before you go into teaching. Like um, I think there's I know of some people who have like just gone in and studied and become a teacher like man this is nothing like what I expected it to be I think you definitely need to be in a classroom to get a feel for it so that you actually kind of know what you're getting yourself into so because uh, it's not it's not for everyone um, you know some people uh, it's a really rewarding job uh, I find it highly rewarding um, but I think people need to to experience it first before they get into teaching because it just gives them a better indicator of, oh, actually, is this something for me? Um, so, yeah, definitely become a teacher aide or, or go into a school and ask if you can observe or if they allow it. I'm not too sure, but, yeah, it's definitely a rewarding job. 
that is uh, actually some really solid advice. I, I would have never guessed that. I would have just thought, you know, you know, study hard or something. But yeah, that, study hard. <laughs> also, also right. study hard. But on top of that, I tell you, I tell you something, Sam. What you learn, like this is probably like honestly, man, people are gonna laugh when they hear this. What you learn at uni, I probably only applied less than ten percent of that. All the theory they teach you does not does not prepare you for how to engage with young people. Like it just doesn't. It just does not. It does. It's not a realistic way of, of like you know, like they, they don't teach you anything about like um, when you meet a child and they're really like they're really shy or they're not you know like how do you deal with different personalities in your classroom. Like kind of like the human behavior mm. side of it. To me, that's the most interesting part about being a teacher is observing human behavior. If you've ever been in a classroom with 32 kids and watch how 32 little humans interact, it is one of the most like it's 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 cool, man. It's like you get to view, you get to see a lot of things that like that just kind of blow your mind. And like I thought I went into teaching to try and teach kids, but I feel like every day I'm I'm the one being taught something. <laughs> like, you know. Like I'm, yeah. Like honestly, man. Like I, the last thing that the last time I, the last like one of the last discussions I had, serious discussions I had with one of the kids in my classroom, um, before lockdown, was she said that um she wanted to become a student leader at school, right? So want to become one of the head students, and I said that's awesome. Like you know, what can I do as a teacher to support you? And her instant reaction was, yeah, I want to do it, but you know what? Um, I know I'm not popular enough, and being smart isn't like a popular thing. And you know what, Sam? It blew my mind because, I mean, I kind of added my own two cents on top of it. But basically, what she was indicating was like, and I think we probably had discussion before, is that like being being like acceler, um, like being really smart or academically smart at a young age, it's not viewed the same as being gifted in sports. Hmm. You know, so like, she's right in my classroom. She's by far one of the smartest kids, but she's not viewed as the same kid who's like really good at. A sports or a rugby he's more popular than her but she's you know so she kind of and it kind of lends itself and this is probably like a whole different topic but it's just like these kids say things that make your brain just go well like actually that's you know because they see it for what it is but then you kind of obviously extrapolate it and sort of mm. add your own thinking to it but man yo I, I actually get taught something new every day from these kids it's, it's that's what i mean by it's one of the most rewarding jobs even just seeing their personal growth as humans like it's you sit back and you're just, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's, it's one of those jobs that are, yeah, it's pretty buzzy, man. Uh, I've got to tell you, it's really rewarding. Challenging, but rewarding. You're making me sound like I wish I'd um, taken up teaching uh, growing up. But, yeah, uh, I just want to say uh, thank you very much, Yonu, for uh, coming on to the Polyhood show today and sharing with us your uh, your stories and your journey through uh, teacherhood and also um I just want to say thank you for the awesome work you are doing for the future generations of kids uh, growing up. And uh, yeah, I wish you all the best for the rest of the, the year. And uh, thank you for uh, stopping by today because no, yeah, I remember I caught you on short notice and I know you've got a <laughs> class to teach in a couple hours because it's a yeah. like two, two, three more hours before you have to do your, your yeah. Zoom. Yeah, nine, your yeah, nine o'clock. Yeah, nine o'clock where we start yeah. the online learning. So. Yeah, just like a normal school day. But yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Sam, thank you very much for the opportunity. I think anytime, I think education, I think not even education, it's more uh, young people, you know, definitely a passion. 
mm. of buying him. I think this is just kind of a nice way to give people a bit of an insight into, you know, what, what, what's what's happening online with teaching. So, um, and in the education. So, appreciate it, man. Thank you very much for having me on. No, thank you. Thank you. Man, um, again, I do not, I'm t- totally honest with you. After talking to Shonde, I really um, do wish I had taken up uh, teaching as a career choice. I can see that I would have taken it. Um, so, yeah, if you guys have any uh, questions uh, regarding getting into teaching and stuff, uh, feel free to uh, flick us a message via our Facebook page. And uh, hopefully uh, next week we'll have the brother Joseph back on with us uh, for the next Polyhood show. But uh, again, that is that is it from uh, myself this afternoon. Uh, special shout outs to Tangata Atomotu Trust for sponsoring this show. Uh, if you've missed any of our shows, you can head up the Plains FM website uh, where all our uh, previous uh, shows have been uh, stored. Uh, if you have any other questions regarding uh, the work that Tangata Automotive Trust does, feel free to hit them up on their Facebook page. They do provide awesome health services uh, for our families out in the community, uh, such as uh, their taxi service. They're able to take uh, you to uh, your, your doctor's appointment or uh, they do provide uh, even some fitness uh, videos uh, by the brother Sully. So yeah, uh, their page jam-packed full of information, jam-packed full of sources. Uh, so please uh, do check them out. And uh, that is it from us. Uh, catch you on the next one. Fams, Hollywood. That was Hollywood, proudly sponsored by Tangata Atumotu Trust. To find out more about us, call 03 377 2016 or find us online at tat.org.nz.